Hello and welcome to episode 259 of the Waters Waveland podcast. My name is Weishan and I've got Tony with me here today. Hey Tony, how are you doing? Man, it's been, I guess, a while since, uh, you know, we've done this because you, it seemed like you almost forgot your name and my name, so <laughs> at least we got through that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, you know, I'm getting a bit older this year, so that might be that, you know, plus, yeah, a lot of other things. I, I don't know, it's just, it's 2023. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, you know, new year. We'll we'll be more uh, laid back this year. <laughs> anyway, let's get past that because uh, mm-hmm. I don't think the audience wants to know how we're both losing our minds or mm-hmm. memory or both. Um, I have a guest for us this week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we've got Matt Smith. He's the CEO of Steel Eye, uh, and we so they are a compliance technology and data analytics firm. Uh, we talk a little bit about uh, communication channels and the regulatory landscape for monitoring that. Um, so, unless there's anything you want to add, let's get no, to it. We, we've spoken to him a couple times in the past, and so uh, it's always good stuff. So, let's get to it. Cool. All right. Uh, today we have Matt Smith, CEO of compliance technology and data analytics firm SteelEye. Hi, Matt. Welcome. It's good to have you. Hi, thanks for having me on the podcast. How's your day going? Um, it's good. It's a bright, sunny and cold morning here in in, uh, in London. Nice. It's, uh, it's bright, sunny and about 33 degrees here in Malaysia. So uh, I would much yeah. rather have that cold morning in London right now. <laughs> I, I would trade you places any day of the week. Oh. <laughs> Right. Well, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Um, I'd like to get right into it. So at the end of 2022, feels like a lifetime ago now, um, CLI actually released a state of financial compliance report. And what I uh, thought was interesting from there, I mean, you guys surveyed about 170 senior financial services, compliance and risk professionals in the UK and US. Uh, One of the points that the report highlights there is that almost half of these professionals are planning to invest more in RegTech solutions. Um, Could you first of all explain what is driving the increase in investment there? Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's many different dimensions to it from uh, financial firms suffering from legacy technologies they may have implemented years ago as regulation uh, came to be. Now, any um, credible financial uh, market um, it, it is subjected to regulations and the regulations are all, all, all almost worldwide fairly similar. So you need to report transactions to an authorized reporting um, a mechanism of some some description to make sure that there's transparency around what's being traded in the markets. Uh, you need to oversee what's taking place within your organization, and, and that largely means looking at your um, uh, uh, communications, so how people are interacting within your firms, and that could be an array of different communication sources, and, and that's being able to store it, demonstrate that you've uh, you, you've recorded it in, in many cases as defined uh, immutable, so it can't be tampered with, and then supervise it, so proactively uh, having systematic monitoring in, in place. Um, and then from a trading perspective, you need to be looking at um, the, the transactions that are uh, being undertaken by by your organization, so that's your orders and trades. Um, and, and again, you know, you need proactive proactive systematic supervision uh, of the, those transactions. And um, 
what 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 we found is as as time goes on the technology that was in place in many of these financial firms the historic technology um, tends to be quite dated uh, systematically so they're slow uh, complex from a user perspective um, and and in, in many cases not fit for purpose so they need to be replaced but we're also seeing regulators um, uh, being more proactive, uh, they understand better the technical capabilities that new age uh, regulatory solutions can provide. And we see that uh, all around the world, but you know where we, we've been focusing most of our, our efforts recently, um, the UK, the US, Canada, within Europe, and, and now we're starting to see a lot more come out of the Middle East and Asia. Um, but in, in the UK, as an example, the, the, the regulator, the FCA, spends a lot of time with uh, regulatory solutions providers like Steeleye uh, to understand what we can do. Um, they they do expect um, financial firms before they're even authorized to participate in the markets to have systematic capabilities in place. Uh, so if you're you're going to get authorized by the FCA to participate in the markets, they will look at what solutions uh, you've got in place and what coverage you have in terms of the expectations of the regulator before you're authorized to even participate. The U.S. is, is different um, in the context. You can actually pretty much start participating in the markets uh, almost immediately before you go through the, the whole pr process of, of authorization. Um, but what happens there is uh, well, you, well, you need to be authorized, but you don't need the systematic capabilities in place. But what happens there is if you don't have the systems in, in place that the, the regulators in, in the U.S. expect, they bite and they've got uh, sharp, sharp teeth um, and, and, and they, they, they'll come in and look. And if your controls are not in place or if something happens and you didn't have controls in place, do expect um, a heavy penalty from them. Uh, and then as as you know the world changes, we can touch a little bit more on this if as we go through the, the conversation, but as the world changed on the back of COVID, on the back of the evolution of uh, newer and different electronic and voice communications, um, the regulators are starting to show that they're taking this seriously. A great example last year was um, an array of 200 million uh, dollar fines being handed out for the lack of supervision of, of WhatsApp. Hmm. Actually, I just want to uh, go back to that, uh, how the SEC does this, right? So as you mentioned, firms over there can immediately start, almost immediately start participating in the market there. But then if the SEC comes and takes a look and realizes, oh, hey, you don't have all these compliance solutions in place, uh, here's a big hefty fine. You know, what is an example of uh, that happening? I mean, if you, if you were to compare, I guess, the difference between how in the US and and the UK, the FCA in the UK have approached this. Well, so so I mean, I, I, the the UK regulator took a view. They they don't they they, they want to protect the the market infrastructure, right? So they expect that if you're going to participate in in the market before they're going to say it's okay, they want to see and hear from you. Um, about what you're doing to meet the regulations, whether it's under uh, the market abuse regime or MIFID or, or the European market infrastructure regime. Um, so, so you're expected to, to already have this stuff in place. And, and it, without it, 
you can't participate in the market. Now they're not they're not necessarily going to look and say like day one you're authorized. Show me your systems. But at some point there'll be a knock on your door, and when that knock comes, um, they're going to look. And if you've got failings there, um, expect a, a stern warning, or or if it's gross negligence, expect a fine. And and uh, these are public. They're embarrassing. Um, the U.S. doesn't ask like what systems are you using when you're looking for authorization to participate um so it, it's it's uh, different in terms of how they enforce it and, and i think by by the very nature of the way the fca approaches it m most firms will have taken those obligations seriously and will have the systematic capabilities in place in in the us you because you don't have to demonstrate in advance um, when they do come knocking, if they do find um, systematic or control failings, they're they're much more assertive. And 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 the difference, I, I think, as well in terms of um, fines out of the UK versus fines out of out of the US. I, I think that the regulators in in the UK they're they're much more pre proactive. But when the US regulator bites. It's as I said, you know, big and and noteworthy, and this is why you do see it uh, on the front page of the press. I th I think you know last last year, um, given the you know COVID with people remote working, um, there was a lot more prevalence of of uh, electronic and and kind of new age voice communications. These these things were there before. Um, but we didn't really use it so much to interact with the market, right? Um, we have one client of ours. It's a big U.S. Uh, asset manager, and um, we we were onboarding them when COVID came in 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 the electronic communication surveillance uh, space, and um, and this is a huge international um, asset manager, and. Uh, uh, I, I remember leading up to to COVID, they didn't have the ability to use Zoom, and uh, we, as as Steelite, were using Zoom as our, um, our 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 video conferencing solution. It was largely used internally as opposed to externally, but we did do do more and more uh, externally with, with Zoom. Um, and uh, two days after COVID took effect, suddenly uh, I got an, a, a meeting invite from this firm branded with their logos and, 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 and company information, and they were using Zoom and that happened overnight. Now you're giving this as a solution to your, your firm. And if uh, in accordance with regulation, if you're enabling uh, your, your company to uh, interact with the market, whatever the communication source, whether it's email or Bloomberg or or, uh, or or WhatsApp or Zoom, you have an obligation to supervise that. And at that time, uh, because this technology was quite new and, and it wasn't prevalent, there was no systematic capability to monitor and supervise it. So mm. solution providers like us suddenly had to re re respond rapidly to enable our our, our systems to capture and analyze and supervise uh, these newer technologies, and 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 we did, but it took a bit of time. Um, and, and I think what what we've seen now is as as like and certainly like if you, we take the WhatsApp examples in in the U.S. by last year, so in 22, the the systematic capabilities were available to their commercial businesses uh, to capture it. And those firms who, who didn't uh, put in that capability and allowed for uh, communication surveillance capabilities to, to or, or communications uh, capabilities to be made available to their commercial businesses and didn't capture it, they, they were subjected to these uh, monstrous fines. 
Um, a few years ago, um, I, and, uh, the, it was I, I believe it was J.P. Morgan, but um, the, the 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 two heads of their commodity trading business um, were were let go. They were fired for uh, communicating over WhatsApp. Now, back then, the systematic capabilities to monitor and supervise WhatsApp weren't really ready or weren't there at all. And uh, the the first defense that a financial firm has if they are unable to supervise a particular communication source is to have a policy that says you can't use that that's that that that's that communication mechanism and in this instance that firm um, had a policy in place that uh, said you're not allowed to use um, uh, WhatsApp for communication on commercial business. Uh, and it was very clear to everybody. Everybody signed up to the company policy. Now, policy is only as good as your internal enforcement. And, and this was an example of a firm taking their regulatory obligation seriously. Um, they they uh, found out that this was going on and they let go of very senior people in their business. And, and that set, set an example. And I, I think that's a, a great example of if you can't, uh, systematically supervise something, start with policy. But once you're able to systematically supervise something, and certainly if the systematic capabilities are, are available to you in the market, the regulators are going to expect you to supervise. Right. But how is how is that changing? Because as I think, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, regulators were already aware or, or had perhaps some concerns of communication over uh, communi communication channels like WhatsApp um, and, and many others, right? Um, but then now they are actually regulating it. You know, what, uh, how has that, maybe walk me through that, I guess, evolution from when they were concerned and just kind of like looking at it to, okay, now now this is part of uh, what you need to show us that you're compliant on, on this issue. Well, I mean, in in the old days, and when I say old days, I'm talking like five, six years ago, right? Um, the the main communication mechanisms that uh, most firms would use was very basic. It was email, it was voice, so phone calls, um, and in in financial firms, there were tools like um, uh, Bloomberg Chat and uh, newer ones, Symphony, and and there were other things over time, but th those were like the prevalent communication mechanisms. And, and WhatsApp had always been there. It was always um, um, a place that people felt quite comfortable communicating with because of the encryption capabilities. They felt that they 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 weren't and couldn't be monitored um, for good and and for bad. And um, uh, what what re really I think kind of set the 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 change in tone. Like there, there was a lot going on pre-COVID in terms of as that technology was available and being misused or or being more prevalent. Um, newer kind of tech companies were trying to figure out how to capture it. And, and it was difficult, right, because it is encrypted. And even today, to be quite honest, there, there's so many loopholes in it, even with like the, the modern solutions, there are ways for somebody to get around um, uh, the controls by communicating, you know, outside of the recorded platform. Um, and, and, you know, that can, can can continue to happen and you can only capture what you can capture. So if somebody has two phones and one of them is a company phone that's monitored, but they're using their home phone. What are you going to do about that? You can only uh, monitor and supervise for 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 um, for, for what you can. Data is one of those beautiful things that either uh, is, is right or it's wrong and it either is or it is not. And if you don't have it, you can't supervise it. Um, I think what what's changed though is is obviously the 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 greater usage of the, these these techno technologies but the fact that um there are specialist 
firms that have created mechanisms uh, that are not massively expensive that will allow financial firms to capture this this information and the regulators look at it and 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 say you know like if if you provided uh, an employee with a phone and it's got whatsapp on it and you're not supervising it what's your excuse and and there is no excuse anymore the only excuse is i haven't bothered to or didn't want to invest in or could not invest in uh the available technology that's available to me today that would allow me to do that um, and, and that's where the regulators are, are just saying enough. No, this is not OK. OK, so let's talk about some of those loopholes uh, that you mentioned earlier. Um, what are some of the, I guess, creative ways that uh, that you've seen of her or heard of, you know, of um, uh, firms or I guess employees of firms, you know, uh, doing? Well, I, I mean, I've, I've I've heard of all kinds of creative things over the years. There was even a, a case, and this is, this is going back a long way in in the early days of my career, where two traders were communicating with each other in the comment section on the Financial Times website for random things, and they were just posting things to each other, but nobody was looking at that. They thought, and and, and somehow it it did un, unravel. Um, but like, if you take like the, the let's just use WhatsApp as an example. Um, that there's multiple ways. So the, the technologies that are available to firms today to capture WhatsApp largely rely on somebody installing some software onto a phone, right? right? And now if if you do that, okay, in some cases that user could just delete that software. Uh, there are ways to prevent that from happening. Um, but WhatsApp's also available on uh, the internet. So on a website, so you can go onto a website. Well, if your software is on your phone and somebody's now communicating via WhatsApp from a website at home, how are you going to monitor that? Uh, or a secondary device, right? And um, if they've got a device that's uh, one one is switched off and they're communicating on the other one, then they delete the communications after and turn the other one back on the, the monitored one. That communication is is not captured. Um, and and then there's you know the old school. You know, just meet meet me in the pub and let's have a conversation. And, you know, like soon as soon as you're off a controlled device, you know, people can do nefarious things very easily. Um, so you you know, I, I think it's when when it comes to regulation and it comes to the regulator, they just want to see you're doing as much as you can. Okay, and there are also many concerns, right, on um, how uh, I, I guess invasive these. Uh, um, I guess solutions are. Uh, I don't know if I'm putting it that right in the right way, but you know, if you know where where is the line drawn where it is okay, it's okay to speak about this on this platform, for example, or on a certain thing. Um, and but where, sorry, yeah, maybe are there examples of when the regulators have kind of overstepped the line in how people or how employees are communicating maybe they didn't even mean to even mean to communicate something like but the regulators saw it as uh, no this is this is wrong here is is there an example well, of that I, I mean, I, I can't think of a specific example, but I mean, if, if, if I mean, let's take insider information, right? So like uh, if, if in the example you described there, somebody accidentally leaked information, it's still an information leak. Now, the question then is, 
what happened after that information gets leaked. So you're, you're, you share something on WhatsApp or even on email or whatever it may be to a, a, a third party, and that information is um, construed as insider information. It really depends on what happens at that point. Now, if you didn't know about it and it was a mistake, um, depends on how the, the regulator would perceive it, uh, chances are like, they, they would look at that and understand. Now, if the counterparty who received that information then uses that information as insider information um, for personal gain and they do a transaction, um, there, there will be in investigations. And, and this is where things, technologies like trade reconstruction um, start to become very, very important. Your ability to go back and um, uh, replay a series of events that led to an event that was perceived as a breach of regulation or a crime. And 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 in that, like if, if you think about insider information, and, and, and this is actually part part of where there's, there's big evolution taking place in, in uh, regulatory technologies, why companies like Steeleye exist. Um, uh, insider trading, like what, what do you need to know, right? You need to know uh, what was traded, so the orders and the trades. You need to know what was going on in the market. So you need market data, price, market price, market volume. Um, and then you need to know what's being said. So you'll need to know uh, any communications that might be relevant to a transaction. Um, here, here's a, another use case of where something that might not have been monitored could be signaled. Um, I'm chatting and uh, to, to a counterparty and I say, just ping me on WhatsApp. Now, as part of a trade reconstruction process, if you don't have the WhatsApp, you'll see this, the, what we call a jump to, which is like a jump to another communication source, but you won't have that communication source. And that's where a regulator might step in and say, why don't you have that WhatsApp and how do I get a hold of it? Um, so you've got all these communication points. And then finally, you're going to need to know what was going on in the world. So you, you'll need news. And the ability to bring all that together and then reconstruct what was going on um, around a, 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 a suspicious scenario or a breach um, is, is going to be something that financial firms are expected to do. And, and up until now, like the, the regulatory technologies are so fragmented that your ability to go back and re replay um, a series of events from multiple dimensions hasn't been there, but it is today. Okay, so I guess one, um, yeah, what what are some of the cool and interesting things that CLI is currently working on um, that I guess you will look to either uh, update or, you know, uh, in the form of a new product down the line? Well, so we're like Steely. What we do is we're a reg tech business, right? Like we sell regulatory technology to uh, to the markets to our investors. We sold a regulatory technology business, but the reality is we're we're not a reg tech business. We're a data business. So we aggregate information, we bring it all together, and then having all this data consolidated into a central location. And we provide regulatory workflow today. Today we offer uh, three three capabilities. So it's communications, record keeping, analytics, and surveillance. Um, trade, record keeping, analytics, and surveillance, including market abuse detection, best execution, transactional cost analysis, and then we do regulatory reporting for European markets. Um, but what what distinguishes Steeli is we are the only provider that truly brings together uh, communications, trades, 
uh, both from uh, a record keeping and uh, e-discovery workflow, but from a supervision workflow. So it's truly integrated, um, which means at any point, like if I find a suspicious transaction, um, I find a suspicious communication, you're automatically able to bring all these different sources of information together to understand what took place. And you know, as I was describing before trade reconstruction, all the, the different points needed for insider trading, all that's there, but also our ability to, to run a, um, an insider trading report that's looking for these things to automatically flag it to, to um, uh, to 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 the compliance professional. So from from our perspective as a business today, the, like the this is our, our our business. We are the 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 leader in holistic surveillance, integrated surveillance, um, and we're just going to continue investing in in that. Um, and uh, for for us right now, it's uh, it, it's obviously about continuing our our evolution through uh, technologies like AI and machine learning, as well as kind of traditional workflow. Um, but it's also taking our products to to the global markets. You know, we we've been um, uh, we, we were originally headquartered here in the UK and and set up to service the European markets. But we have clients now in in 14 countries. Um, we you know we're doing a lot of business in in Africa and Asia, uh, the Middle East. Um, we've just opened a a, a a business in last year in in uh, the US to service the North American markets, and we're investing a lot in that international expansion to, to take the, the capabilities that we've been providing here in Europe to regulated firms in uh, the global markets who are um, seeing the same uh, expectations and demands coming from international regulators. Okay, uh, what is an, an example of how uh, Steeleye is actually using AI and machine uh, in your solutions today? I mean, we, we have, um, I mean, many different uh, capabilities that are AI driven. I'll, I'll touch on one in a moment. I, I think what, one thing just to, to anybody listening to this podcast, looking at, you know, what, what are the capabilities? Don't be don't be fooled by like uh, a firm that comes and says we're an AI driven uh, business. AI is part of a uh, solution and it needs to be. But what you need to be thinking about is what is my day to day challenge in terms of uh, uh, how, how I'm going about conforming to regulation. Um, and and I'll, I'll come on to um, uh, some of the benefits of uh, uh, these types of newer technologies in a moment. From a specific use case of, of AI, um, we, we have uh, pattern anomaly detection. So looking at trading activity where somebody's trading um, in a peculiar way that is abnormal to how they would normally um, uh, transact. Or it might be looking at um, uh, how, how do we um, break apart the construct of a communication to only be supervising the relevant things? A great example of that is emails and kind of breaking down the construction of an email so that you're not having to supervise huge chunks of data that are relevant, things like disclaimers and uh, signatures. Um, it might be uh, categorizing a communication. So we know that um, a particular profile of communication is actually a research uh, distribution document, and we get huge numbers of those. We don't need to supervise that necessarily that that's research. So tell me if it's marketing, tell me if it's research, et cetera. So th these are all kind of just just capabilities that uh, over time evolve and, and become more intelligent. Um, you've got the ability to teach it. So if uh, in the auto, auto trade reconstruction that we've got, you've got a trade that comes up, it's showing you all the market data, but the system will tell you what it 
thinks are relevant communications. And as you go through each email, voice call, Bloomberg chat, WhatsApp, whatever it may be, you could say yes, relevant, no, not relevant. And as, as you do that, it's telling the system, well, this one is less likely to be relevant to a transaction in the future. And, and, and you know, so th those are some of the capabilities. I think that, you know, the bigger kind of benefits that technologies like Steely um, have. So again, we have a, a very large client who uses uh, our trade and communication surveillance capabilities. Prior to Steely, and this was right going into to COVID, um, uh, they had seven systems um, monitoring uh, for um, insider trading. So they had uh, uh, four systems uh, for communication. So they, uh, I think it was a one voice system, they had an email archive, they had a Bloomberg chat archive, it was two voice systems, email archive and Bloomberg chat archive. They had two trade surveillance platforms and then they had a case management system. Um, and in the first week of COVID, this particular business went from well, they doubled their trading volume and it was already huge in one of the most volatile markets and actually one of the biggest signals you get in that is insider trading and they went from 193 insider trading alerts that needed to be supervised each one looked at and investigated um, to nearly 2000 uh, and they didn't have any additional people per, and that's per, per month but each one of those requires somebody to go through seven different systems to have to kind of run that process right in in steel they get one and all of that's in one system. Now, if you think about it, seven different systems, you had all these servers in their data center. They have an IT team that's there to plug in cables and make sure the power is on and uh, update windows. Uh, they had technology specialists who would understand how to install and manage and maintain the, the actual systems that are doing the supervision. Um, and that's just IT, right? And then you go into a business, you've got all these different people that have to, to work from, from all these different systems and be trained on them, uh, how to use them. And then and actually then have to co co collate and consolidate all this information in, in independent platforms. I mean, it's, just, it's a massive shift change in terms of uh, simplicity and, and uh, operational and cost efficiency. Mm, wow. Okay. Uh, and I guess as a, as a, a last question, um, so given all that that you said uh, here today, you know, uh, looking into, I, I guess, the rest of 2023 and beyond uh, for you, and what, what do you think is the future of um, compliance, particularly for e-coms e and voice communications? Yeah, uh, so when we began the podcast, you, you referenced um, our annual survey where uh, one of the points that came out was an increase, uh, a, a lot of firms uh, expecting an increased investment into regulatory technology. And, and I think there's a, a two dimensions to that, right? So one will be where there's these, these newer communication sources, whether that's like Microsoft Teams or Zoom or WhatsApp or any of the other kind of new age um, electronic chat capabilities on mobile devices. Um, firms are going to have to take that seriously and invest in that. And we know that because the regulator issued nearly $2 billion in fines last year just to a handful of firms just on those communication sources. People take that seriously. You get stuck on the front uh, page of uh, the newspaper. It's embarrassing. So you're, you're subjected to cost and, and embarrassment. Um, Funny that so many actually got fined. I think that's less embarrassing, but uh, for for them because uh, they're in a, a cohort. Um, that the second thing is, as, as I was describing there, like the inefficiencies um, of not being able to properly supervise 
um, for for kind of crime and market manipulation um, will will be something that people are just going to have to invest in. I mean, the reality is, if you're unable to, so most most firms like when they're looking at insider trading. Again, I keep going back to that because that is a very prevalent one with remote working and and uh, the market says that they have been. If, if you're looking at trades on one side and you're looking at communications on the other side and they don't come together, I really don't understand how you can properly properly do that. And, and I think. Firms will continue to in, in, or be expected to invest into technologies that enable them to properly um, prevent financial crime and market manipulation. And that's where a lot of this investment will come in. Um, I think financial firms are questioning um, historic investments now. And now that the, the technologies are, are m more straightforward uh, for the user, they're less expensive, they allow for consolidation, so fewer vendors, less, less, less procurement overhead, that type of thing. And, and, and you know, th this is where the market's going. Okay, great. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, no, thanks for having me and uh, yeah, enjoy, enjoy the warm sunshine.